Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise one more time? So you, you got to help me out tonight. I am a former youth pastor. Uh, I was a youth pastor for 16 years, and then we became senior pastors for the last five years, and then God said, you know what, there's more to the story, and he's taken us to a place of trust. Do y'all know what trust is? You know, the one thing I love about trust is this. Trust is the one that we have confidence in. And we have to trust in God no matter what we face, no matter what we go through. And over the last five years, we have been walking in trust. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? We've been walking in trust. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I preached on the message of getting out of the boat. And if we understand what Peter did was Peter went all in. He didn't just tap the water to see if everything was okay, but what he did was he threw both feet over the side of the boat, and he went and he walked to Jesus. But the problem is, like many of us, we get distracted by the waves. We get distracted by the storms. Nobody gets distracted. I got ADD, so y'all got to help me out. Nobody gets distracted by the storms, do they? I do. Because what happens is when he went out, we don't talk about what he went through. But can I tell you, when he got out of the boat, he was okay as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But can I tell you something? That when the wind started sprinkling the waves on him, I think he started saying, wait a minute, what have I done? But the thing is, what we don't even realize is what were the other disciples in the boat doing? Maybe they were thinking, man, I wish I had the confidence that he had. Man, I wish I had the trust that he had. But then what happened is when he began to sink, can I tell you, they started making fun of him. I think they started saying, I told you he would fail. I told you he was going to fall on his face. And many times what we do is we allow the fear of failure to stop us from doing what God called us to do. And I think it's, it's, it's awesome, and I take it a privilege to fill this place right here. Because I love your pastor. I love your pastor's wife. My uh, wife and Pastor Jamie have known each other for years. I will not even put a number on the years. But they've known each other for years, and my wife wishes she could be here, but we just had our third child, a little boy named Isaiah James. So they are watching online right now with our two eldest, Abigail and Adeline and Isaiah. And um, we left this morning at 2 a.m., and we are going to go back home as soon as we finish today. And it is a 10-hour drive. So y'all pray for me as I ride with Pastor Hestel. Um, <laughs> y'all don't know. Y'all just don't know what this man's like. You don't know what it's like to be cooped up in a car with a Buckeye fan for 20 hours in a day. <laughs> Y'all just don't know, and then you curse, brother, up here when you said Cleveland. We don't, we don't play. We were in Cleveland for 18 months. We're good. I'm good. But this morning, today, I want to talk to you on a simple ver, uh, verse of Scripture, and it's found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. And it says these words, so Elijah went and found Elisha plowing. Somebody say plowing. And there were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing. Come on, say plowing. With the 12th team, and Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. 
Elisha left the oxen. Everyone say left. He left the oxen standing there and ran after Elijah and said to him, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. And Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elijah returned, Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them, and he used the wood for the plow to build a fire and to roast their flesh. This morning, today, I want to talk to you on the mantle. The mantle. I think it's very important that we understand what the mantle is. We're living in a time that people, and I love what Dominion is doing, and I love the vision that God has given your pastors for the region. And what we're doing is we're living in a time that the world has told us that church can only be done a certain way. And when we start doing church a different way, we, we look like the outcast. And we look like things, we are rebels. Let me put it like that, we're rebels. Because we're not doing it the way that the legalistic church wants us to do it. But can I tell you something? When the mantle is placed upon you, it doesn't matter what people may say. It doesn't matter what people may do. It doesn't matter the stones that are being thrown at you. You've got to let go of what people think about you. And you've got to follow the anointing that God has placed upon your life. You see, when the mantle is placed upon you, can I have that right there? When the mantle is placed, I want the big one. I'm too fat for that one. When the, when the mantle is placed on you, you got to let go of what's been holding you back. Because you cannot allow the mantle to be placed on you and keep doing life the same way. There comes a point that you have to understand that when the mantle is placed upon you, an anointing is placed upon you. When the mantle is placed upon you, an authority is placed upon you. But most importantly, when the mantle is placed upon you, an assignment has been placed upon you. Come here, brother. The Bible says, while he was plowing the field, the man of God went to him and he threw his mantle upon him and he kept on walking. And what happens is in the church that we're living in in today, we want to know what was just placed on us. We want to ask questions. Why did that happen? Why are we doing it this way? What is this? What is this? And what happens is we start questioning God instead of trusting God. And we want to know plan B, plan C, plan D before we take a step of faith. You see, I, I loved it, man. I told pastor earlier driving down, I said, man, I think I'm going to have the pastor do a trust fall. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. <laughs> I don't think Jesus is going to step in for that one. I'm just going to tell you. But when you said it just a while ago, I realized something. We have to have trust in the fullness of the mantle. You see, the mantle that Elijah placed upon Elisha was the same mantle that saw the drought. Anybody been through a drought financially? Anybody been through a drought that, that you didn't know where your next bill, where your next food was coming from? Anybody been through a drought before? Then not only that, it's the same mantle that saw the fire. And yet it's still the same mantle that saw the rain. 
What we have to understand is in order for us to grow in God, it's not about understanding what step two is, step three is, this plan A and plan B. But what it is is the understanding of letting go of the plow, of the way that we've done church for so long. Because when you release the plow and you release what you've always done and how you've always done it, all of a sudden you step into a new assignment. You walk into a new assignment, but on top of walking into a new assignment, you're going to walk into a new anointing. Can I tell you something, some of y'all? I know y'all are in the midst of revival. But some of y'all got to let some junk go. Because you're sitting back and you're watching everybody else get breakthrough and you're wondering, where's my breakthrough? This is what I do with my church folk and I'm going to do it with y'all. Where's mine? I want my breakthrough. But yet you will not release control of your life. You will not release control of your finances. You will not release control of your children. When you and I try to take control of a situation, we are literally telling God to stay out. And yet what God is saying, there is more that I want to do in your life. There is more I want to do in Dominion's life. It's not about a building project. It's not about a building project. What it is about is it's about souls coming into the kingdom of God. Whether they're in Darlington or in Florence or in Dillon or in Lada or in Lamar, wherever it may be, where you walk in, you have an assignment. Wherever your job is, you have an assignment. Why? Because there has been a mantle placed upon you. Not only that, well, you can say, well, I don't like talking to people. I don't like talking to folk. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit, when you release the plow, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. You may not even know what to say. You may just give them a smile. And all of a sudden, there is something in you that the Holy Spirit checks in their life and says, man, I want what they have. I don't know what it is, but I want it. Why? Because you've learned to trust more and more. This is a season of trust. I've never in my life heard God speak to me like he has when he says, resign. Can I get real? We went to a church. We were not supposed to get. God took us there. We went through a lot of stuff. And in 2020, December, we had a death in the church and it broke me. We went through other situations. It broke us. And I was walking up the stairs of my house and I heard the Lord say, do you trust me? I heard him, I heard him audibly say, do you trust me? I had the church answer. I said, oh, yes, God, I, I trust you. Yeah. How, why would you ever doubt that? Heard him say it again. He said, do you trust me? Well, I said it again. I, God, yes, of course, I trust you. But then he said something to me. He said, son, do you trust me? And he called me by name in that moment. And it was in that moment that I felt God saying, you're about to have to take a step. Fast forward to 2022. 
We had a baby. My wife played keys on Easter Sunday, having four-minute contractions apart. We got home. And within two hours, we had a baby screaming in our basement. My wife is a rock star. I ain't lying. Because I'm just like, nope, I'm done. So congrats all mothers out there. Y'all are awesome. Because there was a mantle on her life for that assignment. (laughs) That I said, nope, not me. And yet in that moment, two weeks later, I resigned to church. Because God said, I want you to get out of the boat and fully trust me. Do you understand what Elisha had to do when he released the plow? That was his family's to release it. But not only did he release it, what did he do? He burned it. Too many of y'all are straddling the fence saying, I trust God, but I'm always going to have plan B over here. You say, I want all of God, but yet you say, God, you can't have my cigarettes. Or vaping, whatever they're doing. I don't know. I trust God, but God, I'm going to keep my attitude. God, I want you. I want more of you, but I'm always going to have a plan B. Because I don't know if you're going to trust me. You're going to catch me if I trust you. When there is a mantle placed upon your life, you walk into a fresh anointing. There are some of us that we are going through a drought. Everybody say drought. We go through a drought. Why do we go through a drought? Because it allows the things that is not supposed to grow, not to grow. It suffocates them and it dries. And some of you are questioning God, why am I going through a drought? Can I tell you something? There's nothing that you've done that caused the drought. God has allowed the drought. Because in order for you to be fully who God's called you to be, you got to go through a drought, you got to go through the fire, and then you're going to come through the rain. You go through a drought, and what happens in a drought? You don't burn things, do you? Because once you start burning something, all of a sudden, it begins to catch fire to some more things. And some of you are saying, God, I don't understand why I have to go through the fire. Maybe the fire's not for you, but it's for someone else. The three Hebrew boys walking through the fire. They're in the fire. And the Bible lets us know that there was a fourth man in the fire. But can I tell you something? They didn't know that. It was the evil king that said, did we not throw three men in the fire? But for, I see a fourth. And he looks to be the son of God. Sometimes you're going through the fire and it's not about you. It's about the people that you will be in contact with that are seeing you walk through the fire. Why? Because the Bible says they didn't even smell like the fire. And some of y'all, you're walking through something and you don't even smell like what you're going through because you understand that there is a process that God is taking you through. And when we, the church, understands that, we began to walk in the fullness of the kingdom business. And then it comes the rain. Can I get an umbrella? Is there an umbrella anywhere? Anybody? Is there an umbrella? I just thought about this. Sorry. 
What we have to understand is there is a drought, there is a fire, and then the rain comes. Say it with me. Say drought, drought. Fire, fire, rain. rain. Drought, drought. Fire, fire, rain. rain. One more time. Drought, drought. Fire, fire, thank you, rain. And some of you have been praying and asking God for the rain to come, but yet you're not even walking around with the umbrella. You're asking God for answered prayers, and yet you are not prepared for it. You are asking God to bring people into your life, but yet you have not devoted yourself to seeking him fully. We love talking about seeking God. But when we begin to walk in trust, it we struggle. You remember the story. He kills, Elijah kills all the prophets of Baal. He rebuilds the altar. Fire falls down from heaven. And then he sends his, his man to go look. And all of a sudden he's like, I don't see anything. Go look again. Go look again. Go look again. What does he tell the king? He says, you better go because rain's coming. But there was no sign of rain. But yet, he had a faith that rain was coming. Why? Because God let him know. He was prepared. I look foolish up here, don't I? But spiritually, some of you need to pull out the umbrella and be ready for rain. Why? Because when you walk into a new season, you have to understand if you've already been through the drought, fire's coming. But the promise of God is what follows the fire. It's the rain. It's the refreshing of what rain does. I love thunderstorms in the springtime. You know why? Because it causes new growth. It causes things that once was dead to live again. And sometimes we've got to be prepared as the church. And I'm thankful that you serve under a pastor and pastors that believe that the rain isn't just going to be a sprinkle, but it's going to be able to wash away every ounce of doubt and unbelief. You are not here just because he, he, I I used to work in Darlington many years ago, many years ago. And where I used to work is no more. And it was kind of sad. And because a lot of things is not what it used to be. And a lot of times people look at a place that used to be thriving and they automatically think when it begins to be run down a little bit, there is no life left in it. But can I tell you something? The God of Lazarus is still the God of today. And where the world says that that is dead, God is saying, no, no, no. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it forward. Sometimes you've got to release some stuff and you have to burn the ships. Because there cannot be a plan B. And you've got to go all in with God and say, God, I trust you. No matter what. Why? Because I have confidence in one. And his name is Christ Jesus. 
You ready for the trust fall? You ready for it? Because what I, what I, what I believe is you ain't seen nothing yet. You hadn't seen, you've trusted God for, for step A and step B, but God said, you ain't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen what I'm about to do through the fullness of your obedience because I'm going to not only rain fire down, but the rain is coming. You see, it looks dreary out here, but can I tell you something? It's not about the building, it's about the spirit. It's not about what we see in the natural. It's about what God's already doing in the supernatural. You see, God's already moved some things out of the way. The God I serve is still the God that parts the Red Sea. The God I serve still, I can still see Goliath's fall. The God I serve is still standing in the fire. I've never been in a time in my life that I had to know that God was with me than I have over the last eight weeks. It was the hardest eight weeks of my life. But can I tell you something? God is still in control. When I thought the world was in a mess, when I thought everything was in a mess and God could not use something, can I tell you something? That's when God says, that's when I do the work. Because when you get desperate for God, nothing else matters and you don't care how you ugly cry. Your pastor said something today, and it kind of embarrassed me, but then I was, you know, it was okay. He told somebody, he said, you ain't got to worry about him spitting. All you got to do is worry about him crying. (laughs) Kind of took offense to that. (laughs) But it's true. Because can I tell you something? I've never seen God move like he's moved over the last eight weeks. I've never seen God open doors like he's opened doors over the last eight weeks. I've never heard people say, oh, no, that can't happen. It's going to take months for that to happen. But can I tell you something? In God's timing, not my timing, not your timing, in God's timing, he said at the appointed time, my word shall bring it forth. And right now we're living in a time that God is bringing things forth. Why? Because only God can do it. Only God can do it. It's the mantle. It's the mantle. The mantle of assignment. The mantle of authority and the mantle of the anointing. Nothing else matters in this life but the mantle that God's placed upon you. I am so thankful for what God is doing because I know something. Just like you know something. No man can do what you're doing. Y'all hear me? No man can do what you're doing. No family can do what you're doing. And only you can do it when there is an anointing, there is an assignment upon your life. He is still the God of the impossible. Don't believe me? We weren't supposed to have children. Now we have three. My wife had seven miscarriages, and we got three. Y'all tell me God can't do it. I've seen it. Don't you tell me he can't move because I've watched him move. Don't tell me he can't send a check, and all of a sudden a check shows up. The God I serve is still the God of the assignment, the anointing, 
and the authority. He is still that same God that moves. He is still the same God that is placing a mantle upon you. But sometimes you got to go through the process of the drought, the fire, and the rain. Because every step, every season we go through, God begins to cut some more of flesh out of you in order for you to get more of him. Our church in Hamilton, Ohio. (laughs) No, next to Cincinnati. (laughs) Hamilton, Ohio. It's very different for us because we don't own no property. We have to set up and tear down and we have to do church differently. Our first service, we had 80 people. Our second service, we had 98. And this is what we are hearing. There's something different. There's something different. And what people don't realize is they don't know what that man has gone through. And what my family has gone through. And what our leadership has gone through. In order for us to get to a place of the understanding that if God said it, God will do it. See, my favorite scripture is simply this. He who promised is faithful. If God said it, God will always do it. It's not in my timing or in your timing. But you got to go through the drought. The fire. And then you start walking in the rain. You got to go through the drought. The fire. And then the rain. You know what happens when you go through the fire? You get soot all over you. You get the ashes all over you. You get uh, through, through through the drought. You get the dust all over you. But all of a sudden when the rain comes in. When the rain comes in, all as it starts hitting your face, you start seeing the mess of yesterday. You start seeing the process of yesterday, and sometimes we don't even know the process. You don't understand the battles that they went through to get them to this place. You don't understand the giants that they faced, but can I tell you something? They had to go through the drought, the fire. Sometimes it feels like you go back to the drought, the fire. Sometimes you just stand in the drought for a long period of time. And you're like, God, I'm dying here. I'm being parched here. God, I don't understand. But then all of a sudden you go through the fire. And you go through the fire so long, you're like, God, I can't can't stand the fire any longer. But the fire purifies you and me. And then all of a sudden, here comes the rain. And when the rain starts coming, it begins to wash away the residue of what you've been through. So you better not forget what you've been through. Because somebody is going to come in your life where you can say, you know what, just hang on. Just hang on one little. Just you got to hang on because you're going through a drought. And you you can tell them, hey, next is the fire. But can I tell you something? You got hope because the rain is coming. Well, 
I don't see the rain. I don't feel the rain. I don't smell the rain. I love it because guess what happens before the rain comes? You smell it. Oh, you smell it. I've been through the fire. But all of a sudden, I start smelling the rain. There's not a cloud in the sky, but I smell the rain. Oh, there, there's nothing there, but I, I smell the rain. And there's coming a day that you guys will be walking in the fullness of the rain. And then you got a church like me coming up and say, you know what? You're going to go through a drought. You got to go through the fire. Then the rain's coming. See, it's when the rain comes. When the rain comes, the harvest comes. And if the enemy can get you to stop in the drought, you won't see the harvest. If the enemy can get you to throw in the towel in the midst of the fire, you won't see the harvest. If he can get you to think about the hurt that you went through, you won't see the harvest. If you keep holding on to depression, you won't see the harvest. And what God is saying, you got to release, for I've placed a mantle upon you of anointing, of assignment, and of authority. Authority is whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. For I've given you the keys. That's the authority of heaven. And I firmly believe that God, not you ain't seen nothing yet for what God is about to do in this house. It's going to be a suddenly, Pastor. God told me when we, when we took a step of faith, he said it's going to be swift and sure. He said it's going to be swift. And can I tell you, it, was, it has been swift. I mean mind-boggling swift on how God has moved. But can I tell you something? You in the swiftness, you, can, you cannot lean backwards. you got to lean forwards. You, got, you can't look to where you've been. Elisha understood this, which is why he burned the plow. He burned the plow. Because he said, you know what? This has been through the drought, the fire, and the rain. God has placed a mantle upon this house. And it's not just for Darlington. It's not just for the region. It's not. It's not even for Ohio. I'm thankful. But it's not. It's not for Florida. It's not for just South Carolina. It's not for North Carolina. It's not for Georgia. It needs to be for California. Amen. I'm closing so y'all can laugh. It's okay. But it's a global anointing. It's a global thing. He's placed the mantle. Through the things that you've faced and through what your family has gone through, he's placed the mantle. And sometimes people don't even know what you really go through. They don't understand the heartbreak. They don't understand the hurt. They don't understand what you've faced. But you have the mantle. And you carry the mantle for every single one of these in here. And God's about to use you, church. 
So if you would, I want you to stand all over this house. It's not about what you see. It's about what you don't see. I told our church Sunday, and and I want you to know it's not about you. It's about that little baby right there. It's not about me, but it's about my children. It's not about you, it's about your grandchildren. Maybe you're thinking, well, my child's only six. It's about generation upon generation upon generation. And the things that you face today, you face them so a generation does not have to go through it. You have the power to break ancestral bondages over your children. Over the bloodline of your family. But can I tell you something, what else you have? You have the power to speak ancestral blessings over them. Because you've been through the drought, you've encountered the fire, and you're walking in the rain. Can I tell you something? Every demon in hell should tremble when those members of Dominion Church wake up every morning. Because they understand it's not about them in that moment. But it's about the anointing that they carry. God is surrounding this house. He's going before you. He's standing guard behind you. And his angels have surrounded you. It's not by chance, it's not by happenstance that God chose Darlington. Because there's going to be a portal from heaven open up that hell cannot stop. What heaven has started, hell cannot stop. He can try to discourage, he can try to get you to stop in the fire, but hell cannot stop. What God has already started. Pray for your pastors. Come on. I want y'all to come. I want want you to come right here. I I want you as the church. I want you to come and I want you to surround your pastors. Come on. Press in.